Welcome to Shooting for the Stars, a podcast series brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, helping our clients identify and achieve their life goals. This is a serious natural weather event, and this is a serious natural flooding uh, event. Southeast Queensland is in the grip of one of the most severe weather systems in a decade. This week has pushed Brisbane from an average amount of rainfall to the wettest start to the year for this part of the world on record. The conditions are going to be unstable uh, for the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, so across the entire southeast. I'm asking people tomorrow to think about uh, not being on the roads uh, and staying at home. The flood crisis gripping this part of the state is certainly taking a toll. The Wilsons River at Lismore has peaked at more than 14 metres. That's two metres above the peak, set way back in 1954. But the Weather Bureau believes further rises are possible. Uh, If you are subject to one of those evacuation warnings, uh, please get ready. Uh, Please ensure that you are ready to evacuate. Uh, If you are subject to one of those evacuation orders, uh, please get out. I want to acknowledge uh, the trauma uh, and suffering that many people have gone through uh, throughout the evening, um, having to leave their homes um, in the middle of the night um, in driving rain. Um, But my message to you uh, is that we will get through this. And get through this we shall. If a one in 100 year pandemic wasn't enough, try throwing a natural disaster of record proportions on top. On behalf of myself, Louis Bulzomi, and the team here at Southern Cross Business Advisors, located in a far drier part of Australia in northwest Victoria. Yes, we've had our own bouts of rainfall and storm activity in recent days, but it's been absolutely nothing compared with the devastating rainfall and floods experienced in southeast Queensland and the northern rivers of New South Wales Our sincere thoughts go out to the families, the business owners and the tourists alike that are located in those affected areas and our deepest condolences go out to those who have tragically lost loved ones. Now, while some areas are unfortunately yet to experience the worst of the rising floodwaters, thankfully other areas seem to have gone past the peak and are now starting to see floodwaters recede, which will allow them to formally commence their recovery and rebuild phase. Now, of course, when it comes to the recovery and rebuild phase, there is financial support. And on this episode of Shooting for the Stars, we will look at what financial support on a personal and business level has been made available by the federal government, along with the Queensland and New South Wales state governments. Starting with the federal government, let's hear from the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and the Minister for Emergency Management and National Recovery and Resilience, Senator Bridget McKenzie, at their press conference back on Sunday, the 27th of February. We will be moving into providing the disaster recovery allowance um, into the affected local government areas. And when the additional local government areas are identified by the Queensland government, we'll be moving into those as well. There is already the $1,000 payment which we have activated for two of the local government areas. Uh, I anticipate that will also be going to those affected uh, in in other local government areas, including the city of Brisbane shortly. Uh, But then there is the recovery allowance which relates to income support payments for those. There are so many businesses who have gone through so much through the pandemic and now to face the losses through these floods. And we'll be standing with them just as we have through the many other things they've had to go through over these last couple of years. And those um, disaster recovery allowance payments that are made by the federal government will be able to support them in those areas. And uh, further support payments uh, will be assessed uh, once uh, we get through the immediate impact of the flood events themselves. So with that, I'll hand over to Minister McKenzie. Thanks, PM. Well, it's great to be here in Brisbane. and. I commend uh, local and state governments and emergency service providers here in Queensland for their amazing response on the ground in the face of natural disasters. As the Prime Minister has said, our federal government stands with these communities and affected individuals, uh, not just now in the immediate response period, but well into what will be a long recovery, as you know all too well. What we've been able to activate uh, today is the a disaster recovery payment, which is uh, for those residents in Gympie and North Burnett Regional Councils, 
Um, we are responding to requests from the Queensland Government specifically, so we expect that to be obviously expanded as the extent of this flooding event becomes uh, more well known. But these are direct payments to individuals of $1,000 per person and $400 per child. Uh, when you go through an event like this, you may need emergency accommodation, you may need fresh food, you may need petrol, and you may not be able to access uh, a bank, you may not be able to access uh, your personal items to assist you to get that cash and to support your family. Uh, those payments will be able to be applied for, from one o'clock tomorrow through Services Australia. Uh, we also have a joint announcement with uh, Minister Mark Ryan, and that is for um, North Burnett and Gympie councils, and um, Minister Ryan and Premier Palaszczuk may have made this announcement uh, earlier today, but there's an additional $180 per person or $900 for a family of up to five or more people. Again, individual payments to assist those people at this very early response time. And as the Prime Minister has already uh, highlighted, the disaster recovery allowance uh, will be something we'll absolutely be rolling out, particularly to Gympie and North Burnett in the first instance. That is a 13-week payment, recognising that when you do have a flood event like this, often you are cut off from being able to even get to work uh, to earn your wage. And so we recognise that particularly for these type of events, you can be cut off uh, for days and weeks. Um, and so this payment is to actually support those people, individuals, as the workers, or indeed small business owners uh, who may need this particular payment. Um, Gympie is a classic case in point. This town is split into three as a result of the rise of the Mary River. Uh, and there will be many, many people who'd love to get to their work or open their business who will be unable to as a result of that inundation. Prime Minister Scott Morrison and the Minister for Emergency Management and National Recovery and Resilience, Senator Bridget McKenzie, speaking there in Brisbane back on Sunday, the 27th of February. And of course, the list of local government areas has expanded quite extensively from just Gympie and North Burnett. So the two payments that were announced there, the Australian Government Disaster Recovery Payment, which is a one-off for individuals and children, as well as the Disaster Recovery Allowance, which Senator McKenzie mentioned was a 13-week ongoing payment to help assist with the loss of work, the loss of income from business, et cetera, et cetera. So let's take you through what Services Australia have on their website at the moment. Now, there are different time periods in relation to different flood events. It's not just what happened in late February, but also in January. And there's still applications open for the flood events in New South Wales back in November of 2021 and even Victoria in June 2021. Those who haven't made a claim yet can still do so. So I'll take you through what each of these payments are, who can get them, how much you can get, and most importantly, how to claim. So we'll start off with the disaster recovery payment. It's a lump sum payment to help you if you're in a local government area that has been declared for a natural disaster. Now remember, it's not for minor damage or inconvenience. It has to be related to a declared natural disaster event in the local government area that you live in. So that's what this is. Now, who can get it? Well, it depends on eligibility criteria as it does for any government-related payment. So to get it, you or a dependent child you're a principal carer for must meet all of the following. You're an Australian resident or hold an eligible visa. You meet local government area rules and you're claiming this payment for the relevant flood event in your area, for example, Southeast Queensland floods in February 2022 or in January 2022, New South Wales in February 2022, January 2022 and November 2021 or Victoria in June 2021 for the very first time. For adults, you must be 16 years or older at the time of the floods or getting a social security payment. You or a dependent child you're a principal carer for must have been seriously affected by the storms and floods. For example, you were seriously injured, you're the immediate family member of an Australian citizen or resident who died or is missing, or the flood caused major damage to your home. If you're part of a couple, you can both claim this payment separately. You and your partner will need to make separate claims. Unfortunately, you can't claim on behalf of a person who has died or on behalf of their estate. 
Now, when you go through the application form, the following terms are as follows. Principal place of residence is the main place where you have a right or license to live. It doesn't include holiday homes or investment properties. So if those are severely damaged, unfortunately, this payment won't be for you. You'll have to, of course, deal with the relevant insurance company that you have a policy with. Uh, major asset is an asset or assets with a combined market value of $20,000 or more. For example, this can include buildings, vehicles, caravans, water tanks, or large-scale machinery. You're a principal carer of a child if the child's 15 years of age or younger and dependent on you. So that means you have legal responsibility for the day-to-day -day care, welfare, and development of the child. And most importantly, what does major damage mean? Well, examples of major damage to your principal place of residence can include it's been destroyed or must be demolished. It's been declared structurally unsound. This disaster has caused major damage to the interior. This disaster has exposed the interior to the elements. Sewerage has gotten inside your home. Or this disaster has significantly damaged a major asset or assets you own at your property. So if you fit one of those criteria, you should be able to get this payment. But again, it's subject to your application form and, of course, the outcome determined by Services Australia. Now, most importantly, how much will you get? As it was mentioned by Senator McKenzie earlier and Prime Minister Scott Morrison, if you're eligible, you'll get $1,000 per adult, 16 years of age or older, and $400 for each child younger than 16. Now, how do you claim? These are the three steps that you'll need to undertake to claim the Australian Government Disaster Recovery Payment. Number one, get ready. The easiest way for Australian residents to claim is online. If you're a protected visa holder, you're considered to be an Australian resident and can also claim online. To claim online, you need a MyGov account linked to Centrelink. If you don't have one, there are instructions on the Services Australia website that will help you set one up. If your MyGov account isn't linked to Centrelink, then you can prove who you are through MyGov to be able to link your Centrelink account to your MyGov account. If you need further help claiming, you can call the emergency information line on 1802266. Step two is linking your Centrelink account to your MyGov account. So how you do this will depend on if you've claimed a payment from Services Australia before. If you have done so, you can use your Centrelink customer reference number or CRN to link Centrelink to MyGov and you also need to answer some personal questions. Now, if you don't know what your CRN is or you can't answer the questions, just select I need a CRN when you're doing this online. You'll need to prove your identity online using MyGov. Then follow the same instructions for if you haven't claimed a payment before, which if you haven't claimed a payment before, then you'll need to prove your identity online using MyGov. You'll need to enter some personal information and details from two acceptable identity documents and your Medicare card. Once you prove your identity, then Services Australia will be able to link the Centrelink account in your name to your MyGov account. Then the final step is to make a claim. Sign into MyGov and select Centrelink in your link services. Select Make a Claim or View Claim Status. Then select Make a Claim. Scroll to Help in an Emergency and select Get Started. Select Apply for Disaster Recovery Payment. Select Begin answer the eligibility and claim questions, and then submit your claim. It's a relatively straightforward application process, pretty simple questions to answer. And once you're done, you make your submission and then wait upon the outcome. Now, of course, you can imagine how high the demand is for applications, so don't expect an immediate response. I mean, obviously, the sooner the better, but... You know, give yourself at least 24 hours before you do get a response. It could take longer because of the unprecedented demand that Services Australia is receiving for these applications. Now, in terms of the disaster recovery allowance, this is a short-term payment to help you if a disaster directly affects your income, which runs for a maximum of 13 weeks. Now, just because you've applied for the disaster recovery allowance doesn't necessarily mean you'll get it for the full 13 weeks. Of course, if your income does recover back to their normal level before the 13 weeks is up, you must tell Centrelink. Otherwise, you could run the risk of having to pay back what has been paid to you if Centrelink, after the fact, discovers that you have actually overclaimed and you kept claiming the payment but didn't tell them that you know, things are back to normal for you from an income earning perspective before the 13 weeks is up. 
Uh, if that happens, then you're going to have a lot more stress than what the flood event has already caused you. So please avoid trying to keep things a secret from Centrelink if you are on the verge of potentially overclaiming. So anyway, good news is that they'll pay this from the date you started losing income. So it won't be just from the date you made the application. If it's taken a little while for you to get yourself right in order to make the application, especially with regards to internet connection being very minimal or probably non-existent at all in the flood affected areas, of course, phone reception also very bad in those areas, then as long as you can prove when you started losing that income, say, for example, it was three or four weeks before you made the application, Centrelink will backdate that payment to when you started losing the income. So you won't miss out in that sense. Now, of course, it has to be as a direct result of the relevant flood event that you are applying for, whether it is February 2022, January 2022, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this payment is a taxable payment. Of course, that question will always be asked, especially on the back of the COVID-19 disaster payment being made tax-free. Now, this one is not tax-free. It is a taxable payment unless we are otherwise told by the federal government that it becomes tax-free. We haven't been told that at all. And this payment has existed in previous disaster events in previous years. So... For what we know at the moment, it is a taxable payment and you will have to declare it in your 2022 tax return. Or if you start claiming it after the 1st of July 2022, then it will go into your 2023 tax return. Now, you can ask Centrelink to withhold voluntary tax deductions from the payments as well. So normally when they pay you this type of allowance, it is in full. You don't get any tax withheld on it. So whatever tax liability you may have, that's your responsibility. But you can tell Centrelink that, look, I don't need the full payment right now. I can take a net payment and allow you to pay the tax accordingly to the Australian Taxation Office. So there is information on the Services Australia website about paying tax on a Centrelink payment. So if you do get this allowance, you might be able to get the beneficiary tax offset and this may reduce the amount of tax you pay. So there is more information about the beneficiary tax offset on the Australian Tax Office website. We won't take you through in detail what that is in this episode. So for more information, do check the ATO website and search for the beneficiary tax offset or make an appointment with us and we can take you through that in greater detail, either over the phone, in person, over Zoom, however you like. Now... On top of this, you're thinking, well, if I go for one payment, can I get the other? Am I allowed to get both the disaster recovery payment and the disaster recovery allowance? Good news is, yes, you can. So one does not affect the other for the purposes of um, reporting your income to Centrelink. Of course, as you know, you know, the higher your income is, the less pay you get. But in this case, you can be eligible for both as long as your local government area is listed under both payments. Now, in terms of who can get it, pretty similar eligibility criteria to the disaster recovery payment. So the eligibility rules to get the disaster recovery allowance are as follows. You were 16 years of age or older at the time of the floods, are an Australian resident or hold an eligible visa, work or live in an affected local government area, lost income as a direct result of the storms and floods, earn less than the average Australian weekly income in the weeks after you had this income loss. Now, the average Australian weekly income amount is determined by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And the most recent information on this was made available on the 9th of August, 2021. And this was $1,737.10 per week gross. So that's what the average Australian weekly income amount is. So if you go higher than that, then you don't get the payment at all. If you're below that, then you obviously will get a pro rata payment based on what level you are below that average Australian weekly income amount. Once again, that amount $1,737.10. If you're part of a couple, you are able to both claim the payment, but you will have to make separate claims. Now, if you are aged between 16 and 21, Centrelink must consider you to be independent to get this payment. So they'll look at your income, your personal circumstances, and if you're dependent on anyone, such as an adult who has legal responsibility for your care and provides financial assistance. So bear that in mind if you are aged between 16 and 21. 
Now, you can't get the disaster recovery allowance if you are getting any of the following payments during your claim period. An income support payment or pension, parental leave pay, dad and partner pay, the AB study living allowance, the farm household allowance, or a service pension from the Department of Veterans Affairs. In terms of how much you will get, it is the maximum equivalent rate of the job seeker payment or youth allowance depending on your personal circumstances. So the current rate of job seeker, if you're single with no children, it is $629.50. That's the maximum fortnightly payment as has been in place since the 20th of September 2021. If you're single with a dependent child or children, it's $676.80. Single, 60 years of age or older, after nine continuous months on payment, $676.80. If you're partnered, it's $573.30. And if you're a single principal carer granted an exemption from mutual obligation requirements for any of the following, being foster caring, non-parent relative caring under a court order, homeschooling, distance education, or a large family, then your fortnightly job seeker payment maximum is $862.10. And of course, this is subject to any income and assets test. As far as youth allowance is concerned, this is obviously available if you're 24 years of age for, or younger and a student or Australian apprentice or 21 or younger and looking for work. So there's two different types of youth allowance available and we'll take a look at how much you can get under each. Starting off with the youth allowance for students and Australian apprentices. If you're single with no children, younger than 18 and live at your parents' home, the maximum fortnightly payment is $313.80. Single, no children, younger than 18, living away from your parents' home to study, train or look for work, $530.40. Single, no children, 18 or older and live at your parents' home, $367. Single, no children, 18 or older and need to live away from your parents' home, $530.40. Single with children, $679. A couple with no children, $530.40. And a couple with children, $577.40. Now, there are special rates that apply if you're 22 years of age or older and get an income support payment. You need to have been getting the payment for at least 26 of the last 39 weeks anyway. There's a bit more information to delve into there, but these rates are as follows. If you're single and live at your parents' home, it's $438.50. Single and need to live away from home, $633.30. And a couple with no children, $577.40. So depending on what your circumstances are, that will be the rate that you'll get as a disaster recovery allowance. Now, as far as youth allowance for job seekers is concerned, a lot of the rates are the same as the youth allowance for students and Australian apprentices, but there are a couple of different rates that are available specific for job seekers. So if you're single, no children, younger than 18 and live at your parents' home, $313.80 is the fortnightly payment. That's maximum, of course. Single, no children, younger than 18, living away from your parents' home to study, train or look for work, $530.40. Single, no children, 18 or older and live at your parents' home, $367. Single, no children, 18 or older and need to live away from parents' home, $530.40. Single with children, $679. A couple with no children, $530.40. A couple with children, $577.40. And if you're single, a job seeker, principal carer and exempt from mutual obligation requirements because you are a registered and active foster carer, you homeschool your children, you teach your children by distance education or care for a related child you're not the parent of as directed by a parenting order through a family court. Or if you're a single job seeker exempt from mutual obligation requirements because you're the main carer of a large family, which means four or more dependent children younger than 16 or between the ages of 16 to 19 in secondary school, then your maximum fortnightly rate is $862.10. So those are the different youth allowance rates that are available. So in terms of the disaster recovery allowance, you'll get the maximum rate of either job seeker or youth allowance, again, depending on your personal circumstances, up until you reach the average Australian weekly income amount of $1,737.10. So if the payment takes you over that threshold, then it will be cut off up to that 
point where your weekly income becomes $1,737.10, so from what you're normally earning plus that payment. If your income is more than that weekly income amount, then your payment is nothing. So, most importantly now, how do you claim the disaster recovery allowance? It's very similar to making the claim for the disaster recovery payment, so the steps are pretty much the same. When you get to that last step, making the claim, you need to scroll to help in an emergency and select get started, select apply for disaster recovery allowance as opposed to disaster recovery payment, select begin, answer the eligibility and claim questions and then submit your claim. So once again, just want to reiterate that you can apply for both the disaster recovery payment and the disaster recovery allowance. Being in receipt of one does not make you automatically ineligible for the other, unlike some of the COVID-19 business payments that we saw last year. For example, in Victoria, we had the Business Cost Assistance Program grant. If you were in receipt of that, then you were automatically ineligible for the following subsequent Small Business COVID Hardship Fund grant. You could only get one or the other, even if you met the eligibility criteria under both. That's not the case here. You are able to get both the disaster recovery payment and the disaster recovery allowance. Of course, you need to meet the eligibility criteria for both. And most importantly, your local government area needs to be on the list. And speaking of the list, let's now take you through each of the lists under each of the different disaster recovery payment and allowance streams. So we'll start off with Southeast Queensland for the flood events in February of 2022. You have until the 1st of September 2022 to make a claim for the disaster recovery payment and or the disaster recovery allowance if you reside in one of the following local government areas. Brisbane, Bundaberg, Fraser Coast, Gladstone, Gold Coast, Gundawindi, Gympie, Ipswich, Lockyer Valley, Logan, Moreton Bay, Noosa, North Burnett, Redland, Scenic Rim, Somerset, South Burnett, Southern Downs, Sunshine Coast, Toowoomba and Western Downs. For the Queensland flood event in January of 2022, you have until the 12th of July 2022 to make a claim for the disaster recovery payment if you reside in one of the following local government areas, Bundaberg, Fraser Coast, Gympie or North Burnett. For the same flood event for Queensland in January of 2022, You have until the 12th of July 2022 to make a claim for the disaster recovery allowance if you reside in one of the following local government areas. Bundaberg, Sherberg, Fraser Coast, Gympie, North Burnett or South Burnett. With regards to the Queensland storms and floods back in November 2021, you have until the 22nd of June 2022 to make a claim for the disaster recovery allowance if you reside in one of the following local government areas. Ballon, Banana, Barcaldine, Barku, Blackall Tambo, Bullia, Bundaberg, Central Highlands, Diamantina, Flinders, Gundawindi, Lockyer Valley, Longreach, Maranoa, Merway, Scenic Rim, South Burnett, Southern Downs, Toowoomba or Western Downs. On to the northern New South Wales floods in February 2022. You have until the 28th of August 2022 to make a claim for the disaster recovery payment and or the disaster recovery allowance if you reside in one of the following local government areas. Armadale, Ballina, Bellingen, Byron, Clarence Valley, Coffs Harbour, Glen Innes, Severn, Hornsby, Kempsey, Kyogle, Lismore, Nambuka, Port Macquarie, Hastings, Richmond Valley, Tenterfield, The Hills, and Tweed. With regards to the New South Wales storms and flood event in November of 2021, the disaster recovery allowance is still available to claim. You have until the 22nd of June 2022 to make a claim if you reside in one of the following local government areas. Bathurst, Bega Valley, Blaney, Blue Mountains, Bogan, Burke, Brerorina, Broken Hill, Carbon, Cobar, Coonamble, Cootamundra Gundagai, Cowra, Dubbo, Eurobadala, Forbes, Gilgandra, Glen Inner Severin, Goulburn Mulwari, Greater Hume, Ganadar, Gwydia, Inverall, Kyogle, Lachlan, Lithgow, Liverpool Plains, Lockhart, Midwestern, Moree Plains, Muswell Brook, 
Narrabri, Narramine, Oberon, Orange, Parks, Port Macquarie Hastings, Queanbeyan, Palarang, Richmond, Shoalhaven, Singleton, Snowy Monaro, Snowy Valleys, Tamworth, Tenterfield, the unincorporated area, Upper Hunter, Walcher, Walgett, Warrumbungle, Warren, Weddon, and Wentworth. So quite an extensive LGA list there for the November 2021 storm and flood events in New South Wales. And apologies if I got any of those pronunciations wrong. And then finally, applications are still open for the Victorian storms and floods events in June 2021. So if you haven't yet made an application for the disaster recovery payment in connection with the Victorian storms and floods in June 2021, you still have until May the 31st, 2022 to make a claim if you reside in one of the following local government areas. Bass Coast, Borbore, Cardinia, Hepburn, Latrobe, Macedon Ranges, Moorabool, Mornington Peninsula, South Gippsland, Wellington and the Yarra Ranges. Switching gears now from the federal government to the state governments, and we'll start with New South Wales. We'll have a listen to what Premier Dominic Perrottet had to say in his press conference held on Thursday the 3rd of March in relation to what support for businesses affected by the New South Wales floods will be made available. Discussions over with the Prime Minister is that joint arrangement will be in place um, and uh, that funding is a 50-50 arrangement between the Commonwealth Government and the State Government and covers a range of things, support for primary producers, uh, small business grants, um, as well as grants to local councils, um, in addition to that, support for infrastructure. So um, right across the board, whether it's Category A to D funding, what is most important from my perspective and our government's perspective is uh, we will put every single dollar into getting every community that has been flood affected back on its feet as quickly as possible. And in just a few short hours after that press conference was held, the Commonwealth and New South Wales state governments bandied together to formally announce the new support package for flood-affected communities across New South Wales to support farmers, businesses and local councils to recover and rebuild. This initial $434.7 million of funding from the Commonwealth and New South Wales governments will be provided to support communities clean up and remove damage and debris, as well as further support local government areas that have been flood affected. Grants of up to $75,000 for primary producers and up to $50,000 for small businesses and not-for-profit organisations devastated by flooding will soon be available through New South Wales government agencies, with registration now open through Service New South Wales. This program will be demand-driven. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said this package is just the first phase of the financial support that will support communities in need. And I quote, We will be there to help farmers, small businesses and every community in New South Wales to get back on their feet as soon as possible when flood waters recede. Farmers will need to restock and rebuild and small businesses will need help replacing damaged goods and shop fronts and when more support is needed, more support will be given. He has already asked the New South Wales Premier to provide his government with a proposal for a second support package to ensure all communities get the support they need. This initial package is in addition to the federally funded $1,000 disaster relief payment and the 13-week income replacement for employees and small business, which to date has already paid out almost $63 million in a matter of days, end quote. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet said the New South Wales government stood ready to support communities hit hard by the floods across the state. And we quote, we activated these measures during the 2021 floods and we have done so again. They are large grants that will get much needed funds to people quickly to provide some relief and assistance. We know these supports will have an immediate positive effect and he will encourage anyone in New South Wales impacted by these awful floods to please contact Service New South Wales and find out what you're eligible for, end quote. 17 LGAs have been declared as disaster areas and are eligible for support through the disaster recovery funding arrangements. And we've mentioned those a little earlier back when we talked about the disaster recovery payment and the disaster recovery allowance. Remember, these are the New South Wales LGAs. The Minister for Emergency Management and National Recovery and Resilience, Bridget McKenzie, said the activation of extraordinary Category D grant assistance under the DRFA was vital to help kickstart the recovery of affected primary producers and small businesses. And we quote... The Minister, the Commonwealth and New South Wales governments are focused on giving small businesses and not-for-profits the tools they need to clean up, rebuild and keep operating. We will continue to work with the New South Wales government to roll out ongoing targeted support 
for communities impacted by these devastating storms and floods. New South Wales Deputy Premier Paul Toole said a phased approach to support was being adopted to ensure communities had the resources and support they needed at every stage from response to recovery. And we quote him, We know it's going to be a long road to recovery for many of our regional communities and this targeted funding will ensure they get immediate assistance as well as in the weeks and months ahead. In addition to the funding now available, Service New South Wales offers a one-stop shop for all information and support on disaster assistance by phoning 137788 or going online via service.nsw.gov.au. New South Wales Minister for Emergency Services and Resilience, Steph Cook, said the mass cleanup is already underway and recovery grants have been designed to kickstart recovery. And we quote her, Many areas are still in the emergency phase and many more are unfortunately at risk of flooding. We are focused on delivering as much support as possible to impacted communities right across the state. While the acute response continues, we are working tirelessly in the background, preparing for the significant cleanup and recovery ahead of us. End quote. People in New South Wales requiring assistance are urged to contact Service New South Wales on 137788 or go online at www.service.nsw.gov.au forward slash floods. People and businesses can register their interest for these grant programs through Service New South Wales with funding soon available through New South Wales government agencies at https colon double forward slash www.service.nsw.gov.au forward slash campaign forward slash storm hyphen and hyphen flood hyphen assistance hyphen businesses. The phase one package includes $75,000 grants to assist primary producers that have suffered direct damage from the recent severe weather and flooding, $50,000 grants to assist small business and not-for-profit organisations that have suffered direct damage from the event, $210 million to assist affected communities with the cleanup and removal of flood and storm-related damage, debris and green waste, which will enable LGAs to work with Resilience New South Wales and New South Wales government agencies to coordinate cleanup activities in their communities, $1 million grants to impacted councils to assist with their immediate social, built, economic and environmental needs, and $6.5 million to provide community recovery officers to support communities impacted by this event. Sticking with New South Wales for the time being, if we look at what the Service New South Wales website has to offer at the moment, if you go to the homepage, service.nsw.gov.au, scroll down to the highlights section, click on Storm and Flood Support. This will take you to the Storm and Flood Customer Care Service page. And you've got a few options here. Disaster Assistance Finder, Service New South Wales Customer Care, Emergency Information, Support and Resources and Donate. Click on Disaster Assistance Finder. You've got a red button that says Find Assistance Now. And you've got a little questionnaire here, a five-step questionnaire to explain what your situation is. And that way, Service New South Wales, using their algorithms, can determine what assistance is tailored to your situation. So, step one of five, what do you need assistance for? Bushfire or flood and storm? We'll click flood and storm for the purposes of this exercise. And we go to step two, this is a little bit about you. How have you been impacted? You've got as a business owner, as a farmer or primary producer, as a property owner, as a renter, as a volunteer firefighter or SES, or none of the above. So you can click more than one option if you click on any of the first five options, don't click none of the above. That'll just be weird. Anyway, step three, documents and licenses. Do you need to replace any documents or licenses? So they include birth, marriage or change of name certificates, driver's licenses, contractor licenses, vehicle and or vessel registration certificates if they were damaged by the floodwaters and they're now unreadable, they're irreparable, etc., etc. You don't have a digital copy, you only got physical copies. You can click yes on that or you can click no. Uh, that won't affect you going to the next step either way. Then step four, property, vehicles and vessels. Has your property been impacted or damaged? This includes houses, buildings, sheds, fencing, business premises and fallen trees. Say yes to that accordingly. Do you have any damaged vehicles or vessels? You can say vehicles registered in New South Wales or vessels registered in New South Wales or none of the above. You can select more than one option. Let's go with vehicles registered in New South Wales for this example. And then finally, livestock and animals. Do you have livestock or animals that are injured or affected? This includes stock, cattle, horses, sheep, and domestic pets. Yes or no. 
and then the results will show accordingly. So you get a whole list of items that you can then click on to find out more information. For example, assistance for nonprofits and clubs, the Telstra assistance package, New South Wales government disaster relief grants, the disaster recovery allowance, free mail redirection for 12 months, disaster assistance for New South Wales citizens impacted by financial difficulty, additional childcare subsidy, financial hardship support, debt assistance, etc., etc. You've even got some items in relation to accommodation, food and household items, rebuilding fences and the tenants advice and advocacy service. Under business and primary producer, you can have assistance from a business concierge to help with applications and support options free of charge. Payroll tax assistance as well. If you're affected by natural disaster, you can contact Revenue New South Wales to discuss any assistance available to help with payroll tax, reducing it or maybe even getting a waiver. So obviously you can contact Revenue New South Wales if that impacts you. The Small Business Recovery Toolkit provided by the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner. The $1,000 Small Business Safety Rebate. This is for registered sole trader or small business owners that have completed an eligible event with Safe Work after the 1st of August 2019, which on completion of those particular works, you have 12 months from then to apply for the rebate and also for buying and or installing equipment to make your business safer. Uh, disaster relief loans, the $50,000 business grant, as mentioned earlier, that's for small businesses and not-for-profits. Of course, there's a $75,000 one for primary producers. And you've also got another special disaster grant here for flood-affected farmers. This is uh, back from the November of 2021 floods. So primary producers directly impacted by the New South Wales storms and floods from the 9th of November 2021 may be eligible for grants of up to $50,000 to help salvage damaged crops, produce and stock, rebuild fences and replace machinery. So this particular one is for primary producers who draw at least 50% of their gross income from primary production, contribute a part of their labour to the primary production enterprise, hold an Australian business number and have held that ABN at the time of the event, have a primary production enterprise that has suffered direct damage and is located in a local government area that has been declared a natural disaster following the floods, have been carrying on the primary production enterprise when affected by the floods and intend to re-establish or continue the primary production enterprise. So that particular eligibility criteria is related to the November 2021 grant. I'm sure that will be very similar eligibility criteria for the upcoming $75,000 grant. Now, other assistance that's available is assistance for liquor licensees to probably be able to get waivers on liquor license fees if their particular premises has been damaged by the floods. And there's a whole heap of other things as well. So vehicles and transport, you've got um, registration license or permit replacements. You might be able to get some fee waivers on those if it's been damaged or destroyed. An e-toll tag deposit waiver, that's very important for those around metropolitan Sydney a security deposit waiver for replacing your eTOL tag if it's been lost, damaged or destroyed. And you might be able to even try and contact the particular toll authority to see if you can get your toll fees waived if you've been forced to evacuate as a result of the floods too. That's easier said than done, but you can try. A motor vehicle stamp duty refund if you've had a motor vehicle written off because of the, the flood damage. So if it's been submerged underwater and it's undrivable, no longer able to be operated, you can potentially get the stamp duty refunded back to you that you paid for when you bought it, whether it's new or used, and certain other things available too with regards to vehicles and transport. There's stuff for livestock and animals as well, legal help and insurance, and also identity and document replacement. So quite an extensive list of support there from the Service New South Wales website based on that five-step questionnaire that you can delve deep into in order to help you get back on your feet. Over to Queensland now, and coincidentally, only just a few hours before the release of this podcast, in actual fact, the morning of the release of this podcast, Friday the 4th of March, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announced that she had made a formal request to Prime Minister Scott Morrison the day before for joint Category D funding to assist small businesses, primary producers, not-for-profits, sporting organisations and the like. Let's hear from the Premier along with the Deputy Premier, Stephen Miles, who outlined the specifics regarding the grant amounts and who they'll be made available for. In terms of our assistance, there has been $2.2 million paid out to 5,403 
um, applicants and there are 19,000 applicants in total. I've also written to the Prime Minister seeking Category D assistance for $559 million on a 50-50 basis and the Deputy Premier will outline what's available for small business, primary producers, not-for-profit organisations, supporting community clubs and local councils. As you can see, uh, our initial assessment is that this is actually a very, very big uh, impact. So in relation to those um, grants I was talking about earlier, those Category D, I wrote to the Prime Minister about that yesterday and uh, I'm quite sure we'll hear from him shortly, uh, acknowledging of course he's going through COVID at the moment, but that 559 million would be on a 50-50 uh, partnership split. As you heard from the Premier, thousands of Queenslanders are already benefiting from the initial round of grants uh, that were targeted to individuals and families. Today we are able to outline uh, the next phase of grants targeting small businesses and organisations. The uh, package itself was finalised yesterday and the Premier wrote to the Prime Minister asking for his endorsement. These grants are 50-50 funded between the State and the Commonwealth. The, uh, package itself that we have asked for endorsement from the Commonwealth for is a $559 million assistance package targeting small businesses, primary producers, sporting organisations and supporting local government with their immediate response. So more than half a billion dollars directed at uh, supporting small businesses and organisations. Eligible small businesses and not-for-profit organisations will be eligible for up to 50000 in grant funding. We anticipate 6,100 such organisations uh, may be eligible for the grants, so we have allocated $257 million in business support. We know businesses and organisations out there affected by this disaster are struggling and we want them to know uh, that we will be there to support them and to support them quickly. To give you some sense of scale, this is the biggest small business support package package uh, post-disaster since 2011, so a very significant uh, investment there. Primary producers affected by this disaster will be eligible for grants of up to $75,000, including a $15,000 upfront payment that we think uh, roughly 2,000 primary producers will be eligible for. Sporting and community organisations will be able to apply for grants of up to $20,000 and we've allocated $32 million for those grants. Uh, we have also allocated uh, $1 million for each of the affected local government areas as a cash injection to assist them with the immediate uh, clean-up effort. Uh, once the Commonwealth has approved this Category D package, uh, we'll be able to outline how small businesses and organisations can apply uh, can apply for the grants and of course we'll be there to assist them. This is the first round of this kind of assistance and we anticipate more may be required as we get a better sense, a better hold on exactly what kind of uh, damage businesses have suffered and how we can best support them through the recovery. Deputy Premier Stephen Miles there, along with Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. Now, by the time that this podcast drops on the relevant platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the podcast index and rss.com, we wouldn't have formally heard from Prime Minister Scott Morrison regarding the endorsement of the Queensland Government's request, but rest assured that will happen. And once that does happen, then we will find out the official information, including guidelines and the like on the Queensland Government's website. So that will happen in the coming days or week or so. Once it's made available, we'll be sure to be all over it. Likewise with, of course, New South Wales. But just to give you a bit of an idea of what potentially could be involved with the particular grants, let's have a look at some previous grants that were made available in previous floods. So for primary producers, now the amount for the grant so the current floods is $75,000, including a $15,000 upfront payment. One that was made available a few months ago was up to $50,000 with a $10,000 upfront payment to support the initial claim. So same structure, different amounts. Now, evidence of the direct damage, such as photographs, quotations, tax invoices, and official receipts will be expected to be required, as was for the previous grant. and 
then to get the remainder of the money, subsequent claims will be made for which full evidence of payment is required. So we're expecting similar rules to be put in place for the upcoming $75,000 grant. Of course, that is subject due to change. So how can this assistance help you? Eligible cleanup, reinstatement activities and emergency measures include equipment and materials to undertake cleanup, additional labour costs above and beyond normal wage expenditure, i.e. your day-to-day staffing, disposing of damaged goods and injured or dead livestock, including associated costs, repairs to buildings other than housing, fencing not covered by any other assistance, reconditioning and repairing essential plant and equipment, salvaging crops, grain and feeds, purchase or hire on lease costs for equipment essential to the immediate resumption of the business, payment for tradespeople to conduct safety inspections and essential repairs to premises and internal fittings that is not covered by insurance. Now, the local government areas will be the same as per the list under the disaster recovery payment and disaster recovery allowance, so there'll be no issues there. Uh, In terms of further eligibility criteria, you need to be a primary producer, hold an ABN and have held that ABN at the time of the eligible disaster, have a primary production enterprise that is located in a defined area for the eligible disaster that has suffered direct damage as a result of the eligible disaster, have been engaged in carrying on the primary production enterprise when affected by the eligible disaster, so you had to be in operation at the time, be primarily responsible for meeting the costs claimed in the application, provide satisfactory evidence of the loss of damage if and when required, and intend to re-establish the primary production enterprise in the defined disaster area for the eligible disaster. Now, an applicant may also be eligible for a grant if both of the following apply. Again, this is the old guidelines for the old grant that was made available in late 2021. We're assuming that it's going to be very similar for the new grants that are coming. But again, I make the disclaimer that this is subject due to change. We will update you when we get the official information. The applicant's primary production enterprise is located outside the defined disaster area for the eligible disaster, but is carried on at least some time on a regular basis in the defined disaster area, or plant and equipment of the primary production enterprise situated in the defined disaster area has been damaged as a result of the eligible disaster. So there are limited circumstances where applicants may not reside in the disaster areas. However, they do carry on operations within the disaster areas. So they have got farms located in a particular LGA, despite their primary place of residence being outside a uh, affected LGA. Now, applicants who operate more than one primary production enterprise, for example, under a single ABN at separate locations, may apply for assistance for each eligible separate business up to the maximum amount of assistance available for the relevant defined disaster area and determined by the establishment notice. Now, based on the way I interpret that, it does sound like that you may be able to get more than one grant if you have multiple farms, even though they're under the one ABN. So, you're at different locations. They may be able to get the same amount of funding for each, so up to $75,000 for each farm. But, again, that is subject to the decisions made by the Queensland Rural and Industry Development Authority or whatever government authority is in charge of the grant program. So that's on a case-by-case basis. I can't guarantee that you will get $75,000 for each farm you've got under the 1ABN. There's no guarantee on that. I'm just saying that you may be able to get that. Again, it is up to the Queensland Government Authority, in this case, the Queensland Rural and Industry Development Authority, to make that decision. So now switching gears over to small businesses and having a look at the grant that was available in late 2021. And again, this was smaller amount back then, $25,000. It's up to $50,000 for the new grants. But back then, it was grants of up to $25,000 available for affected small businesses. They didn't specifically say sporting organisations, not-for-profits and the like, but we know that they're going to be included in separate funding, as Deputy Premier Stephen Miles said, up to $20,000. So we will wait on more information to come to light. Now, back to the small business grant. So this particular $25,000 one that was available in late November 2021, I believe is still available now. You can still apply for it. The maximum grant amount was available through two applications. So the initial claim would be an upfront payment of $5,000. So you would expect in this case, it would be $10,000 for the new grant and then subsequent amount up to $20,000 for this old grant up to 40000 for the new grant will be available with subsequent claims. So 
It's suspected that evidence of the direct damage, such as photographs, quotations, tax invoices, and official receipts, will be required for each claim. Now, how can this assistance help you? Eligible cleanup, reinstatement activities, and emergency measures include equipment and materials to undertake cleanup, additional labour costs above and beyond normal wage expenditure, i.e., day to day staffing, disposing of damaged goods and stock, including associated costs, repairs to buildings other than housing, reconditioning and repairing essential plant and equipment. Purchase or hire and lease costs for equipment essential to the immediate resumption of the business. Payment for tradespeople to conduct safety inspections and essential repairs to premises and internal fittings that is not covered by insurance. So not too dissimilar to the primary production version of the grant. In terms of eligibility criteria, and I once again will make the disclaimer that these could change and vary with the new grants once the official guidelines are released. We're just referring to the old guidelines for the late 2021 version of the grant. The preliminary eligibility criteria to be eligible, the applicant must be a small business owner, hold an ABN and have held that ABN at the time of the eligible disaster, own a small business located in a defined disaster area for the eligible disaster that has suffered direct damage as a result of the eligible disaster, have been engaged in carrying on the small business when affected by the eligible disaster, be primarily responsible for meeting the costs claimed in the application and intend to re-establish the small business in a defined disaster area for the eligible disaster. So you don't go out of business and then take the grant money and run. You will get back up and running once everything is fully repaired and recovered to the point where you can start operating again. An applicant may also be eligible for a grant if both of the following apply. The small business is located outside the defined disaster area for the eligible disaster, but is operated at least sometimes on a regular basis in the area. Again, for example, you've got your head office somewhere in far north Queensland that hasn't been affected by the floods, but you own a premises that's located in Brisbane, for example, and that's obviously been flood affected. So that would count. And also... An applicant may also be eligible for a grant if plant or equipment of the small business situated in the defined disaster area has been damaged as a result of the eligible disaster. So you might have a particular motor vehicle that's used in the business that is located in that disaster area and was affected by the flood. So you were you know, using it to go and collect certain goods and, and the like and then bring it back to your business. Uh, even though your business might be outside the defined disaster area, but you use the motor vehicle to go into a disaster area for business purposes and it got trapped in the floodwaters and now it's ruined and it's damaged and you no longer have the vehicles. So as long as you can provide evidence to that fact, then you more than likely will still be able to get this grant. Now, for eligible separate businesses... Applicants who operate more than one small business, for example, under a single ABN at separate locations, may apply for assistance for each eligible separate business up to the maximum amount of assistance available for the relevant defined disaster area and determined by the establishment notice. So once again, similar to the primary production eligibility criteria there for eligible separate businesses, one ABN, but you've got multiple businesses, more than likely you'll be able to get $50,000 for each of them instead of $50,000 all up under the one ABN, but again, that is at the discretion of the Queensland Government, more specifically the Queensland Rural and Industry Development Authority, who looked after the old grants and more than likely will look after these grants upcoming. So again, the disclaimer, that's not set in stone, it's not concrete, we haven't been given the formal details of each of the grants, so no official guidelines have been released as yet, they are being drafted up. Once they are formally released, obviously, we will provide that information. Oh, uh, well, we're back to the hour-long marathon episodes of Shooting for the Stars, but understandably so, and personally, well worth the exercise. So much information to cover in such a short period of time that we don't want you to miss out on anything. So if it means we have to go the hour, a couple of hours even, whatever it takes, We'll get that information out to you. And there's still plenty more to come in the coming weeks. So once we get the official guidelines released for all the grants available in Queensland and New South Wales, we will deliver that content to you right here on Shooting for the Stars. Brought to you by the team at Southern Cross Business Advisors. Our heart goes out to everyone up in Queensland and New South Wales that are suffering from the floods, especially clients of ours who are stranded there. 
This is Louis Bulzomi. Until next time, as always here at SCBA, our clients all have life goals and we're here to help them identify and achieve them. Goodbye and keep safe.